this week on Don't Look Under the Bed, Nikki and I are delighted to welcome Adam Patnod, Vice President of Operations at Ambridge Hospitality. The leading third-party management company operating eight hotel product categories with more than 1,500 branded, independent, and resort properties in 49 states and 20 countries. We discuss current operation trends, the resilience of the hospitality industry, the future of the hospitality industry, and why we are stronger now than ever before. Enjoy the show. Great. Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Nikki. And I'm Robin. Today, Don't Look Under the Bed welcomes Adam Patnod, Vice President of Operations with Ainbridge Hospitality. Adam, we're very excited to have this opportunity to speak with you. And I also had a great chance to work with you and get to know you personally. Your advocacy for the growth and development of your team members is unmatched. And I'm very proud when I say, yes, I did work with Adam. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Adam. Well, thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Robin. I uh, appreciate you having me. And uh, Nikki, the kind words being a lot. It was a pleasure working with you in Houston when we did, and uh, you did some great things for us. And I think we had a, a great team there in Houston, and it was uh a good time in my life. I think a good time in a lot of our lives and uh, just appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you today. We appreciate Thank you coming on, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. So let's get right down to what everybody always wants to know. Tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's an interesting story. It's uh, my journey into hospitality was actually, uh, I would call it a mistake. I didn't study hospitality, had no intention or desire, or, or quite frankly, I didn't really know much about hospitality at all. I went to school and studied broadcast journalism and communication, and I, and I wanted to work in and on TV. And so I spent some time while I was in college working for different uh, news stations, uh, working in that industry. And you know, I graduated and, and realized, hey, this isn't uh, exactly, I think, what I want to do long term. And I think a lot of people kind of go through that where you think you want to do something and you go to school and you and you study it and you and you even get some time as an intern or, or as a paid employee. And you just realize it just doesn't really complete you and make you, you know, happy. And it's not something you want to do for, you know, a, a better portion of your life. So I uh, like many folks who graduate college, I begrudgingly moved home and lived with my mother and father uh, for a few months as I tried to figure out my life and uh, what I wanted to do. And as I was applying for jobs and, and you know, looking at different career paths, I had a, a family member who was a GM with Hilton, and she said, hey, you know, there's this management trainee program in San Francisco. I know it has nothing to do with anything you've studied, but why don't you, you know, take a look and, and see if this is something you'd be interested in. And, and so I applied and ended up getting the job. And I will tell you this much. It was it was an absolute blast. I, I worked for Hilton Hotels Corporation. I started as a management trainee in the first 
gosh, it was, I think it was three months. I was a room attendant. They, they, they put you right into the hardest job in the hotel and try to break you down. And, and they almost did. It was, it was tough. I, I got, I think the first couple of days I was paired up with another room attendant for training. And then it was like, okay, here's your board, have fun. Um, and it was an embassy suites. And for those of you who have stayed in or worked in an embassy suites, you know what those rooms look like on the weekends. And of course I was, I was cleaning rooms on Sunday mornings after everyone was partying and having a good time with their families. And so it was one of the toughest things I've done in the industry, but probably the most rewarding. And uh, so from there, I worked through all of the different departments uh, on the operations side, spent some time in sales, food and beverage, ended up completing the program after a year and was offered a job as a front office manager. Uh, and I worked through the different departments, front office manager, executive housekeeper. I did a number of those jobs through the, the rooms division and eventually became an AGM and, and had a great mentor who taught me a lot of uh, what I knew at the time. And, and uh, from there, I, I joined Ambridge, gosh, 12 and a half years ago. And I've been with Ambridge wow. ever since. And, and I started with Ambridge as a GM at a, uh, a small a loft new build in San Antonio, one of the first loft hotels to open. Uh, I think we had a, a few others in Ambridge along the way, but I, I moved around with Ambridge over the last 12 and a half years. I was a GM, had an opportunity a couple different times. Nikki, one of those assignments was when we worked together uh, yeah. as an area GM, eventually became a regional director of operations, and currently uh, vice president of operations and it's it's been a great 12 and a half years there's there's not a lot of people in our industry that have only worked for two companies and I've spent most of my time with Ambridge and you know I've I've been afforded so many awesome opportunities with this company and you know had had a chance to develop and, and work down a career path and and you know as you know Ambridge is the largest third-party operator in the world independent third-party operator and you know due to our scale and and our relationships with with brands and the you know kind of the geographic footprint we have, I you know as, as many folks that work with us do, had the opportunity to really grow my career and and move to some cool cities and experience some things. Uh, lived in Chicago, lived in Texas a few times, spent some time in California where I grew up. So it's been great, and uh, I'm blessed, and you know work with a ton of great people, but. Yeah, my my journey into this industry was, uh, I guess, kind of by accident. Wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's, I mean that that's incredible. That is so cool. Really, yeah. That really is, and I mean, I've like I said, spent time with you, had an office across from your door, and just did not realize um, the true depth of your experience. Um, that that time in housekeeping. It to me, whenever, and we've obviously talked to a lot of people on this platform, but when someone says they spent some time in housekeeping, I'm like, so you get it. You're you a know. real one. <laughs> we know that you are a real one. And that's what and I, I will tell you too. Industry. So my my favorite job as a manager in a hotel wasn't I don't even think as a GM, my favorite job, people ask me this, what was your favorite job, you know, coming up? It was, you know, I was a, a housekeeping manager in San Francisco for a number of years, and it was so much fun. I was, I probably walked 10 miles a day. Yeah. You know, you, you don't sit in your office in that, in that job. You have no. to get up and move around. And 
you got to be with your team kind of in the trenches. And um, it was a very diverse staff in San Francisco. So, you know, it helped me grow up a lot. I think I was, I was relatively young as a manager of a, you know, a housekeeping department for a 350 room hotel. And, you know, you, at first, you know, you, you're having success in your career and, and then you run a department like that and you realize, you know what, a lot of these folks, if not all of them have way more life experience than I do. Yeah. You know, they've, some of them have come here from other countries looking for an opportunity and they've raised children and some of them grandchildren and, and the, the work they put in, but it was so much fun. You know, we would do potlucks and you would, you would have to try all the different foods from all the different um, folks who, who cooked mm-hmm. as if they were cooking at home for their families. And so I, you know, I learned to love, you know, lumpia from the Philippines and all these different meals that I probably never would have been exposed to, but because our, our staff was so diverse and it was so fun to have a team, you know, from so many different parts of the world and with so many different backgrounds. It was quite the learning experience, you know, aside from the hard work. I mean, you can you can see what they do every day. And I think going back into that role, having done the job, you have a, just a different respect for how hard it is. It's true. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's what I love about the industry itself is that you can go anywhere in the world and you can get any position in the world. I mean, there's so many opportunities, um, you know, like you mentioned rooms and housekeeping and sales and accounting and IT. I mean, there are just so many opportunities for people to, to thrive and to, you know, literally be at one company for, you know, as long as you want to be. Um, so I, I love your story. I think that's great. And my favorite, um, position was also housekeeping manager. It was just so rewarding and so fulfilling. And it's truly the heart of the house. I mean, without housekeeping, um, stuff just does not get done. And (laughs) you just can't do it without them. So I appreciate that story. Absolutely. Well, let's, because, you know, as we all know, we're somewhat out of this pandemic, but kind of still in this situation. Um, what are what are you seeing in operations? Like what's happening out there? Um, are, you know, do you have people that are, are you in a hiring crisis or are the people coming back? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a great set of questions. And, and, and you two know, um, as, as veterans of the industry, this is, you know, something that, you know, took our industry and, and many different industries by storm. You know, I, I would tell you, you know, I've been traveling through most of this pandemic. I think um, we did a lot of things uh, virtually to continue supporting our owners um, through the beginning pieces of the pandemic. But you realize, you know, you've got to be out there in these hotels with the teams. You can't, you can't manage a hotel remotely. And so, you know, having having traveled, it's been nice to see. Even even this morning, I'm I'm down here in Houston where you guys are um, visiting some hotels, and the airports feel different, right? There's a there's a ton more people traveling. It's so nice to to see. Um, and I would say overall, we are anticipating a pretty solid summer in in the hotels. You know, it, it's primarily driven to my earlier point by you know, leisure and families that are starting to take vacations, you know, folks that are getting married again, because those were 
you know, put off or, sure. or postponed. You've got friends that are just getting out because they want to get together. Some of them haven't been able to see each other as much as they would like. Um, you know, different different celebrations. But I do I do think there's some some pent up demand. I will tell you, you know, groups are starting to come back. You know, usually and in, in, in primarily those are smaller groups, typically youth and other sports related business is what we're seeing. A lot of Smurf. Um, but you are seeing some more live in-person meetings happening. You know, I think the one the one piece that is not quite back yet, and it may be you know a little bit choppy, is is the corporate business travel um, sure. and the big city citywide conventions. I think are probably going to be one of the later things to return. But I think we're starting to see beginning signs of it coming, um, which will help you know spur some of the international travel that is associated with some of these big citywide conventions. Um, you know, hiring has been has been interesting, as you know. I think as you know, states, you know, I think for the most part have have fully opened at this point. You know, our hotels, our restaurants, bars, pool bars, rooftop bars, whatever the the case may be, are going to continue to open across the country. In you know, in a different, more robust way, and that's going to create jobs. And you know, we're bringing back sales folks, which is great. You know, you're starting to see things come back, which is which is good. I think it's. It's also probably no surprise that, you know, we've been competing with other industries now um, for the sure. same good talent. And I think part of, part of you know, winning folks back, if you will, or, or hiring folks is, you know, having a great company culture. I think Ambridge has a great company culture and there's so many exciting things going on. And like we talked about earlier, the, the good thing about our size is, you know, not everyone wants to pick up and move every couple of years, right? Yeah. So we've got such density in cities like Houston, for example, where, where we're all yeah. at today. We've got almost 60 hotels in Houston. So if you're someone who doesn't want to move or you can't move because you have kids and a family, you know, there's an opportunity for you just about anywhere in the city. But you know, we can offer you know a dynamic career, different you know flexibilities without having to to move cross country every couple of years, which was kind of the norm in our industry. You know, up to, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago. Um, exactly. It's, I mean, the growth, even the, the time that I was with Ambridge, the, the growth, it was just it, impressive, just very impressive. Like, wow. You know, it's like every couple months something was happening. And you're right. Houston, by all means, is like its own little cluster. There's so many properties mm-hmm. in this city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so good to see people coming back. Like you mentioned the airports, I was traveling a couple of weeks ago and like all of the middle seats are full. Now <laughs> the airport is crowded. Everybody is on their way somewhere. So that's good, which means they're staying in hotels and um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good sign to see people out and about. Um you mentioned the culture of Ambridge. Describe that a little bit. You know, Ambridge is a, is a is a big company, right? When I when I joined Ambridge, we had you know thirty eight hotels, and I think uh, depending on what day it is, you know, the number changes constantly. But you know, let's call it close to fifteen hundred hotels. And I would say that the thing that I love the most is um, it's got a really good family feel. You know, it's it's a very high touch organization where mm-hmm. 
you, know, you you can meet with senior executives. They they know who you are. They know how your hotel is performing. They come out and visit. Um, and, it, and it's just a great company that cares about people and growth. And you know, as as we've evolved, you know, in size and with acquiring different companies or or merging with different companies, you know, I think good things have continued to happen. But I think you know the people are the forefront of who Ambridge is, right? Ambridge is a is a hotel management company, so the brand is really the people. And so taking care of your people is has been something that the company has always really stood for and, and that I've appreciated. And I think, you know, the reason why there's a you know a good a good amount of us who've been with the company for a while because you know there's there's other options out there, right? But when you find a company that does the right thing and takes care of the people and and uh allows you the ability to grow your career if you'd like and 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 you know develop yourself not only as an employee but as a as a person, um, it's it's hard to leave a company like that. Right, right. That is awesome. Yeah, and I just for myself, um, I've attended a couple. Uh, I think maybe three Ambridge Sales conferences. One thing that really impressed me was everyone was accessible. They were walking around. They were talking to people. And they were right there. And it's like, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, we, we see his name on the letter or we see this over here. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it is like a huge family, but it's very much family oriented. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny too, because sometimes you think, you know, some of these senior executives, um, you know, like they, they've got someone behind them, you, you envision them you know, you know, with an assistant behind him saying, "Hey, who's this person's name?" But I, I will tell you, whether it's you know Dave Johnson or or Mike Thiedemeyer, our our new CEO, they genuinely know people and know who they are, and they don't forget. It's 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 something that you know they're they're gifted with. You know, they can they can meet someone one time and know who they are and and remember things. And it's you know I think it's a gift and it's a testament to those guys and how much they care about the folks. Is they know who their employees are, not just their GMs. They know you know, Nikki, you attended some of these these conferences, these sales Absolutely. kickoff meetings. They know who you are, and they know where you work, and they know what you've done and what you bring to the organization. So it's things like that that you can't, you know, put a title on or or a label on that you know make you feel valued. And hey, the CEO knows who I am, and he knows that you know I booked this big piece of business, and um, it, it's just it's rewarding. It it truly is, and when you think about feeling valued, feeling appreciated. Um, I mean, next month will be a year since I was laid off from my sales position, but people that I know that are still working, you know, they tell you, oh, you know, I've worked 60 hours this week. I've worked 70 hours this week. And I'm always thinking like, you know, I hope somewhere, someone in that organization is, is doing something for you because that's, I mean, every, everybody, some of these hotels, they're running with like 12 managers and, you know, what, what is something that you do to um, keep your teams motivated, your GMs? Cause you know, they're housekeeping their front desk, they're everywhere. So what, you know, what's something that you you've done or you see that's happening out there? Yeah, there's a, there's a few, and I think, like you said, it's been it's been extremely tough on on everyone working in a hotel for the last you know twelve eighteen months. They've they've done things that 
in a normal environment they never would have had to do because of you know cutbacks and and staffing and you know I think there's there's a lot of different ways you can you can look at this and in my role I'm I'm a I'm a person of support. I, I support the hotel teams, and, and that's what we do from the corporate offices is, is help support the teams and the owners and, and really make sure that everyone has what they need and we're getting the best out of everyone and they've got the right tools. I think, you know, now more than ever, and I think we've all learned a ton, one of the things that I would say is key is, you know, you have to, you have to let your team know that you trust them. You know, especially in my role, I, I, I'm not in their hotels. I, I can't run their hotels for them. And, and I think we've got such great GMs in our company and, and probably one of our largest differentiators and not just GMs, but DOSs and, and everyone. I think we hire great talent, but they have to know that you trust them and, and, and that you're going to let them do their job and, and that they may make mistakes, but but you trust them to, to make decisions and, and, and you're there to help them. Um you know, I think being transparent too. You, you don't you don't want to you know lead people astray by not being transparent and, and not having an open door and, and and being able to just give honest feedback and and ask you know and answer honest questions. And and I think that the most important thing that I I've, I've realized through this and you know I think for the for the couple months where we weren't traveling at the beginning of the pandemic, you know where owners couldn't afford for us to travel and, and there was all mm-hmm. kinds of questions about safety for you know ourselves for the hotel teams you know would, would we infect someone if we were getting on an airplane and coming into a hotel and you know, we didn't want to jeopardize the operation um, but I think one of the things that that once we got back onto the road a few months later we realized is it was kind of a dark and dreary world and we had to to help keep people positive and help them you know, keep the energy going in the hotel, even though things were, were pretty bleak and business levels were next to nothing and, and owners were struggling financially. I think, you know, through this, I think we've all learned, you know, you got to feel the old adage, work hard, play hard. But I think keeping people in a positive state of mind, you know, really focusing on culture is important. You know, we we have so many hotels, every Every GM is like their own CEO, and they've got their own kind of microculture in the hotel. And I think it was just more important that we kept them positive and and that they rated that throughout their team to to keep people going through this. It was, you know, like you like you both said, you know, people were working long hours, and I had GMs and DOSs, and they were folding laundry, they were cleaning rooms, and what a testament to them. But I think positivity through this was was one of the the key factors. Definitely. I, I, before I left, um, I had worked probably in almost every area of the hotel, except for engineering and the front desk. Like I was the barista. I learned how to make all the coffee drinks. I was in the kitchen with the chef, uh, making breakfast sandwiches. Like, and one day I took the trash out to the dumpster and I mean, you know, there was a couple months there where I didn't even see the sales office because, you know, I was going to where I was needed or to relieve someone or to help out. And it's really, it's really something when you think, I never thought the hotel would be in, I mean, I don't think anybody ever thought hotels would be in that type of situation. 
and to to see it you know just all happening um it, it was just a wake-up call and then to see people come together that's like you know what we're at 20 percent let's make this happen you know let's get the job done you know let's let's do the best we can with what we have and so yeah the positivity definitely goes a long way yeah i agree with you um we talk about the message of optimism and hope and you know it, we're so excited that everybody's getting back to work and um you know we're going out to meet and exceed the travelers expectations so hopefully that's that's being done and you sound like you support your teams and you know you're giving them what they need so that is so awesome my next question is um we had katina houston on um a few weeks back and she's had this robust career from casino sales, hotel sales, and now she's in operations and she considers herself to be the bridge. Um, so we can't have the VP of operations on here and not ask about the, uh, <laughs> the, the question sales versus everybody. So <laughs> can you speak to how we can bridge that gap <laughs> between the operations team and the 501 club that's also known as sales. First, I'm I am so proud of Katina for what she's been able to do. I, we work together uh, in Houston as well, and, and I remember she used to come into my office and say, "Adam, I want to be a GM." I'm like, "Great, let's do it. Let's let's figure this out." Um, and her and Nikki, you know, the whole team there—they were, you know, massive booking machines when it comes to sales. But she always had this itch to be a GM. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, walk into your office and they, and they have aspirations like that and they have goals and then they kind of go away and they don't, they don't take the time to do any kind of self-development or, or really take it a step further. And, and she kept, kept on. I mean, she was looking at, you know, uh, executive education and, you know, how can I, how can I get into the operation and learn this? And, um, so, you know, to see her go from uh, director of sales most recently, and now she's uh, an AGM and well on her way to being a DOS, I, I just, it's awesome. And I think it's proof that um, if, if you want to do something in this industry, you don't have to um, have gone to school for it. And, and you don't have to have a business degree or a hospitality degree. I think this is the industry where you can come in and and learn and and and, and perform and, and really be rewarded for it. And Katina is a, a perfect example of that. And I have no doubt that she'll, she'll become, you know, that, that GM and, and excel on the path she's on. But, you know, to answer your question, it is funny. There's always this, you know, gap between sales and operations. And, you know, I think it, again, it comes down to the, the, the big deal in a hotel is, you know, sometimes the operations folks feel like sales kind of sits up there and is on the, they're on the phone and, you know, they don't, you know, when things get tough in the operation, they don't help out or they, they book these groups that, you know, they, they promise the world to the client and it sets them up for, you know, some kind of tough situation operationally where, you know, it's a tight turn or it's, you know, oversold this room type. So I, you know, I think that the key is, you know, it's not a sales versus operations thing. I think the key is 
it's all about communication. And I think both parties have to, to really understand what the other does in, in the big scheme of, of the hotel's success. And you need both to be successful. You've, you've got to have, you know, a well-oiled machine in the sales office to drive top-line revenues. And, you know, Nikki will tell you this, you know, one of the things that I would always put back on my sales team is, you know, the difference between, you know, these three people working next week and not working next week is our success in, in this office. And, you know, the more, yes. the more business we can put into the hotel, the more people you guys get to put to work and the more, you know, the more money you get to put into people's pockets to take home. And, and I think, you know, on the other side, it, it's been interesting to, to see operations people really come in and learn and, and better understand you know, market share and sales goals and, and what what top line can do to impact, you know, the success for, for owners. I mean, I think we've seen that through this pandemic more than ever is, yeah. you know, no one ever thought we'd be running occupancies in the single digits. And, and I think, you know, everybody understanding at the end of the day, how it all flows down to the bottom line, just, just like you're managing your own finances. I mean, these owners have uh, essentially have mortgages to pay. They have you know, electrical bills to pay. And, and so everybody is important in that. And I think, you know, creating a, a collaborative team environment where everyone knows that their role may be slightly different, but if you can communicate and, and better understand, you know, why, why sales may do one thing and how that could impact operations and, and vice versa, I think it, it just, it just makes for an easier discussion and it, it, it becomes less about, oh, operations versus sales and more about, the hotel and, and everyone doing their part, you know, while you may have different duties, we're all working towards the same end goal. That is so true. It's, I like it's it. The, it's the communication piece yeah. of it. And, you know, I, I often share with people that a lot of times what we do in that sales office determines how many people get to show up next week. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and, and that's, that's that's a burden that you know we've decided to carry because those are our jobs yeah but um it it definitely you know and i i mean to me when people start complaining about their overworked i know i've done my job (laughs) (laughs) when there are no days off i know i've done my job so like during holiday season, it's like <laughs> the holiday parties and then you have a wedding in between and you've got the New Year's Eve and it's like banquets. It's like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a day off in, you know, two months. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> and, I, and I think, Nikki, you know this from, from, you know, working through some of the pandemic. I think there's a lot of salespeople out there now that that work through this entire pandemic or some of it are continuing to work through it that have such a different and, and better understanding for what goes on in the operation, because many of them, you know, didn't come up through the operational ranks, but they got thrust into working in the operation, you know, whether it's pouring coffee or making beds or working laundry, they, they got exposed physically to things that they had never done before. And, and I generally think that that'll create, you know, stronger teams on the other side of this because they, they have a better you know, respect for an understanding of, of what other people do in the building. Not that they didn't before, but, you know, it, it's rare that you would have a salesperson working at the, you know, the Starbucks coffee counter <laughs> making coffee and, and they had to learn new skills because I, yeah. it, it, was, it was just that tough. And, 
And I think it, it just grows people closer together and makes them stronger as a team. Absolutely. And it, I mean, I've like, and Robin and I are very much alike in this manner that, you know, when we book the tough groups and different people, you know, we'd always show up to operations to ask, what can we do? How can mm-hmm. we help? So, you know, being nimble, that that wasn't really new to me, but I mean, it had been a while since I had been, you know, in the front of the operation. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm making coffee down here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm using the thing. I'm making breakfast sandwiches. You know, that was that was a different kind of experience for me. I mean, I um, ended up getting a food handlers certificate. You know, I was uh then I started working in the evening shift. So I would be selling alcohol. So, you know, and these were skills that, you know, you, you do what's necessary. And, you know, I worked in laundry and I was like, oh, don't ever leave me in here alone. Cause I don't know how to turn any of this stuff on, but these are things, you know, from the laundry shoot. Then I started stripping rooms it to really, really, I always appreciated housekeeping because I feel like nothing happens without them. But to actually be in there pushing that cart, doing it myself, dragging around the vacuum cleaner, it gives you a completely different outlook on what it takes to make all this stuff happen. So it's, yeah. I, I feel like people will come out of this with a different appreciation for the different departments. And Adam, I know we uh, certainly don't want to take all of your time, but I would like to ask you um, just one last question. And I don't want you to hang up, but I just want to ask you one last question. Um, what gives you hope for the future in our industry? Oh, there's a lot of things. Um, I think, you know, this has been a a once in a century global crisis, right? This is this is something that we'll probably, hopefully, never see again as long as we're alive. Um, yes. And I think seeing how resilient everyone has been through this is what gives me the most hope. Whether it's you know the hotel teams, the the corporate support teams that are helping the hotel teams and the owners through this, I, you know, I've kind of said this or alluded to it earlier. I, I think now more than ever, we're stronger than we've ever been. And, you know, what we're starting to to experience right now with, with people, you know, excited to get back out into the world and travel, it, it just reinforces that people love to get out and they love to travel and they love to go different places and you know, experience new things and, and, and get together with their loved ones to create memories. And I think that's that's why we all, whether we got into this industry by mistake or or we did it on purpose, that's that's why we all, you know, do what we do every day. And and I think that's why, you know, no no Teams meeting or Zoom meeting is is ever gonna replace people getting together and being face to face, I don't think you know our industry is is going away or, or going to alter significantly with regards to people, you know, wanting to travel. You know, we create as a as an industry a place for 
people to make memories and smile. And, and I think because of that, our, our industry is really a great place to be. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the service, you know, whenever somebody says, well, you know, why'd you do it? You know, 20 something years, that's a long time. And, you know, I tell them, I love hospitality. I love service. I love the magic that we're able to create. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I've probably told my story more than ever this year about, you know, what, what makes it magical for me and what I like about it. And so you're right. People crave that. Who, who doesn't want to go to a beautiful hotel and, mm-hmm. you know, be have away an experience yeah. and have an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is not going away anytime soon. So. Now I know my kids would be so disappointed if we didn't stay in hotels when we traveled. They, they love hotels and <laughs> hotels are such a fun place to be. You know, yeah. if you think about it, it's like going into someone's home. And I think that's the experience we provide. And you know, I think uh, the future of our industry is strong. And, and I, don't, I don't think we have anything to worry about. We look forward to, Ambridge does as a, as a company, welcoming back as many of our employees as, as humanly possible in the near future. And uh, as well as as many travelers, whether it's leisure or business, uh, we're just excited to to be at this point and truly feeling the turnaround and you know the impact that that'll have on our owners and on folks that work with us and that used to work with us that are ready to come back and all the millions of people every year that uh, travel and, and get out in these cities and countries and so it's exciting. Adam, I truly, truly want to say thank you for this time that you've allowed us to spend with you and um, you know, just some some reflection of what's all going on out there. And it's good to hear from someone at your level in the business who, you know, you have boots on the ground. Like you're there, you're in it. You're right. as, you're as in it as you can be right now. Um, you know, I I just I really I really appreciate your time in doing with this. Excuse me, doing this and sharing with us. Thank you so much, Adam. We appreciate you. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. And uh, if you either of you ever need anything, don't uh, hesitate to reach out. But thank you so much for having me. We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality. That's our business.